You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Voluntary Vixens, where Jesse and Maddie give a female voice to news and pop culture with a libertarian twist. Join us to stay informed and challenged while keeping it sane, peaceful, and most importantly, voluntary. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Voluntary Vixen Podcast. I know you're used to listening to these dumb bitches. I know you tune in. <laughs> you get misinformation every single week, and that's why I'm here. It's Robbie the Fire from Part of the Problem. Run your mouth podcast, and I'm taking this dumb shit over and making sure that you actually get some intellectual insight into your life so that you can actually have some information that might benefit you in some way. I'd like to introduce the... Uh, dumb people that usually host this people and talk about their emotions and their periods and all that disgusting stuff that you don't want to have to listen to, but for some reason you feel like you need insights, so you listen. So uh, let's welcome to the podcast, both Jexy and Maddie. How's it going tonight, Holy guys? shit. <laughs> wow. Good thing we uh, yeah. you know, cuss on this podcast and didn't have to tell you otherwise. <laughs> well... Robbie, thank you for that uh, yes, graceful introduction. It's it's good to have you here. Thank God, uh, finally some, you know, real. It's a real <laughs> intellect coming on the show. It's real, you know? yeah. I, I mean, we're just blown away. Yeah, no. Tonight's <laughs> not not about being polite. It's about actually uh, putting forward <laughs> real facts and information that might benefit people. So let's just shelve the emotions <laughs> and actually move forward with good information. That's what I'm here for. Yeah, I mean, fuck exactly. agreeableness. <laughs> I want to get into pro wrestling. I could go strong heel. I could get very into this. <laughs> no, this is good. We really, there's no room for feelings, especially this month. When um, just is yesterday, actually, today's Tuesday, right? So yesterday was the official International yeah. Women's Day. And I was lucky enough to not have to celebrate it in any way. It was so... So nice and refreshing. Working from home has been glorious for me. Why do you find normally when you're in an office they actually do Women's Day big? Not really. Um, and I, Jesse, I can't imagine it does for you either. But if I were to actually be in the office, I might have to interact with someone that might say something about it. And I'm just like, you know what? I've got work to do. I don't care yeah. about that. So. I've got com- I've got companies to run, so you know. Yeah. Yesterday was my dad's birthday, so we just celebrated that instead. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. I'd say that that's a decent replacement. It's a new thing where every single time one of these dumb Hallmark calendar days comes <laughs> around, people actually pretend like anyone gives a shit, or maybe that's just like a Twitter thing that it's like everyone's in like the business of topical news now. Like, so it used to be you wouldn't even hear about that unless maybe you tuned in for fucking. Like Johnny Carson, he would make one joke about yeah. how it's Women's Day, but now everybody feels like they need to have a topical comment on Twitter so everyone's aware that it's Women's Day. Like, otherwise, why the fuck would I even know that? Like, yeah, yeah. It's just, mostly it's the ads that you see, like on Instagram, that are like, women are doing it right. And it would be like girls jumping like, up and down ca- and yeah. low capitalism. There was one that was like female athletes and it showed all these women like doing backflips and stuff. And I was like, no. Were they actual females or were they trans athletes? Female athletes are actually just people that are bad at their job. (laughs) You understand that? If there was just one tier of athlete, you wouldn't hire the female. Like it's an entire category of industry of people that are actually bad at their job. But like, let's see how they can do it. It's like. 
if you had a really dumb lawyer, but you're like, we're going to have dumb lawyer day and see what they can pull off in court. We'll give them one day, see what kind of arguments they come up with. See what happens. It's like throwing them a really big bone. <laughs> and we still don't hear enough, or, you know, they can't can't talk enough about it. Um yeah, I, I would say um, your Hallmark comment, it's not even like the good old Hallmark nostalgic days. It's Google Calendar, yeah. and that rules our lives. Or at least, like, wants to. Tries to. Right. But, yeah. What about you, Jesse? Did you have to, uh, I guess, celebrate Women's Day in any fashion? I feel like, you know what's weird is I work, I'm a nurse, so most of most of the people I work with are females. But no, I don't remember getting a memo or anything from work you know so it's kind of weird that's, that sounds good i know it's actually kind of nice but then again like for um there's like nurse month or like nurses week i think that's in may or something you mean like 2020 that. <laughs> yeah 2020 was nurses week everybody every day was nurses day i remember like we did we just got like an email saying we appreciate you you know, and it's like, well, if you really appreciate us, you're like, thanks. Give me some fucking money exactly. or at least some free muffins, you assholes. Exactly. I mean, that's basically when you really think about it. Like, if you go into all the like the nursing forums online about, you know, this last year, and you know, everybody supposedly worships nurses, but all nurses do is just bitch and moan about how their jobs suck so bad. <laughs> so it's like, whatever. Nobody's happy. Taco fest. I think that's what everyone does at every job. <laughs> Unless you're the boss and you're the one exploiting everybody. And I'm not saying that from like a socialist sense because that, that's the point. Either go start your own fucking business or get – or half the game is like showing up to work and trying to see what you can get away with. That That's that's the thrill of being the employee is just what can I get away with without being fired. But most people at their jobs, you just spend at least 40% of the day complaining about how your boss is a dick. That's, yeah, that's, that's what it is to have a job. That's what nursing pretty much is. It's like – I have realized that nurses are kind of like the public school teachers of healthcare. It's just It seems like it. It's just constant No bitching. offense. And it's not it's not that the job isn't hard. I mean it is in some aspects, but it's just like I don't know. You How chose the ma- job. Like yeah, it's that road like of that employment too. was your choice. Entirely cho- <laughs> unless your dad made you. Like, okay, and then go fuck the patriarchy in that in that case. And then Dude, I'm yeah. I'm squeamish with medical stuff, so that to me yeah. is if there was a list of jobs that I would never want, that's probably number yeah. one too. Other it's people's blood and vomit and it's and not poop. my child or and like, pee. you know, not my offspring. Um yeah. no. No, like I faint. Like I'm a fainter when it comes to fucking gorish and blood stuff or deadpan. I'd be like, this is a you problem. And they're like, I'm a paraplegic. I'm like, still a you problem. <laughs> still not me. Yeah. We can go yeah. around and around in circles. Well, maybe <laughs> you can't, but you know. So maybe we found a job that maybe women are probably a little bit better at than men, I would say, because I don't know very many men that would want to wipe people's butts and. Well, do all that. so when you were talking just a minute ago, I was thinking about like, you know, your female dominated um, career path, whatever. And there's not many male nurses, though. I I actually do know one technically now, but I think it's more and more common now. You can let mm-hmm. me know if you're wrong, though. But I, I think like at least where where I am in um, this area, it's more and more common and uh, meanwhile, like, Meet the Fockers or Meet the Parents. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, Gaylord was the one male nurse. And part of the humor of that movie was how much they all made fun of him for being a male nurse. 
Yeah, it's, it's more common, but I feel like it's still not the norm. And the like, we had one male nurse. I worked on the oncology floor, and he got we just beat him up like <laughs> the <Jeez>. poor guy. <laughs> We would have, because we get these patients sometimes, like, I remember we had this one patient that was 600 plus pounds. How many beds? We had a special bed. That's no longer a her, but continue. (laughs) Okay. But I remember he was like, he hated being the only male because he'd have to help us turn all these fatties, you know? (laughs) That was his whole job. (laughs) That's all he did. He's like, he's like a human hot dog machine. He's just in there. (laughs) And I just remember being like, Andrew, I'm so sorry, but I have to ask you to help me with this one again. And he'd be like, we got a turnover. She's so grotesque. <laughs> yeah. And we would, and he would get beat up by all the other nurses because they'd be like, that's not nice. You should not call her that. And I would be like laughing with them because I'm like, yeah, she kind of is. So. Kind of huge. You know? <laughs> and, life, cho- uh, life choices. Yeah. It's, that's, that's kind of, I mean, it's kind of hard to feel sorry for her, that. I mean, we. I can understand maybe being overweight because you got injured, but then 600 pounds is kind of a you problem. Well, you know, there's a TV <laughs> show about it. Yes, exactly. Never watched it, but uh, I don't think I need to. Yeah, it's sad. It's kind of funny, though, but sad. So, Which show is that? I'm not even sure if it was the that. The 600-pound life? <laughs> you know, I don't think I, I've seen the title. I don't think I've ever actually seen the show. Yeah. All I need to know is that the title exists, and so, you know, my mind does the rest of the work. It's always the right. doctor yelling at the patient for not following the diet plan, and then you realize, like, this is- Fat where, shaming? This is where this all happened from the very beginning. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the doctor just being like, can you not be 600 pounds? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, can um, you not like, shove that pizza down your face again? Right. I'm looking at your chart here, and it says if uh, you weren't a fat fuck, your life would be a little easier. So maybe just be less of a fat fuck. And they're like, well, doctor, it's a metal con- – well, it is, but you're kind of doing it yourself. So let's just stop doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Beautiful at every size, though. Yes. Every size pizza. But that's, now you understand why I don't fit in so well with my peers because I don't – I think exactly like that in my head. I'm saying things like that in my head – because I don't want to get fired, but yeah. I think uh, those, I, I have a friend who uh, works in old age homes and like any job, like I even heard this about, uh, I'm like a baked goods guy and I've heard like, if you work in a bakery, you won't like baked goods anymore. Mm-hmm. Like they, if you want to know how to like stop liking cake, it's working it work in a fucking Make bakery. A and it's true. I, I've had that because uh, I have a sales position, but it's amongst for a product that people really like, but I can tell you that the second people start working there, for the most part, they don't like the product anymore. Uh, But on the negative side, it becomes a little bit tough when you're dealing with people and that's the product. And suddenly you're like, can't they just fucking die? (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And and what you'll find though, when working in in nursing is that the, I felt like this when I was working in mental health, even it's like as crazy as your patients are, Nobody is more annoying and obnoxious and crazy as your coworkers are going to be, especially your bosses. Like those are the most insane and they're telling you what to do. <laughs> and you're like, why? You know nothing. So yeah, that's, that's probably the most frustrating part of working in, in that just healthcare in general. Administration is pretty, they pretty much don't know what a lot of them have never really worked in the field for very long before they became managers 
And then they're telling everybody else what to do. Because we had a manager that she would always, every time she tried to help us, she would always make a med error and have to write herself up. And then we were just like, just, just don't. You're going to kill a patient. Just stop it. So that's, that's what it is. Did she just have endless strikes? Like I as long as she wrote she up her error, patient, then she was I think okay? she gave a patient insulin twice in a row. And that could have killed him. So that was pretty Dude, I once took uh, I once took some insulin for shit and giggles. My friend's diabetic and we were partying and I was like, fuck it. Let's just try <laughs> let's this. Get weird. Uh, let's get weird. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, in terms of fucking drugs, insulin is a weird one because it's like think when you overeat Thanksgiving dinner, it's like that times 12. <sighs> it's like you just did some heroin. It's like nap time. You're like, party's over. I thought getting injected in my ass by some um, by some insulin would be fun. And then you quickly discover, no. you know what? Not really one of the drugs I got to no. do on a regular basis. No. It's good to know. <laughs> Completely legal. <laughs> but it is a fun party trick when you're hanging out with all dudes and you just drop down your pants. And you're like, give me some of that fucking insulin. Let's oh do it. I said, hit me up. <laughs> what was that i said hit me up <laughs> yeah yeah let's do it my butt cheeks are uh out here exposed to the elements hit me with that needle dude as you do you know <laughs> at parties you know back when we used to have parties <sighs> yeah well not that i'm not pro party now i think everybody should be partying but i know a lot of people are very anti-party and like anti-fun and anti-good news anti-optimism you know I am having a hard time being optimistic and uh, positive, but I think like, I don't know, it feels like pure rebellion, just being with your family, being with your friends, being able to laugh. I was supposed to see Tim Dillon last month, but um, that Texas freak snowstorm snowed him in, so now I have to wait until May to see him, And but hopefully I'd get out and like to a comedy club or something before then. Where was uh where was he gonna perform? Um, actually, somewhere where you guys should look into performing sometime. Um, I think it's pronounced Magoobies, Majoobies, Magoobies. It's uh in like Timonia, Maryland, um, North Baltimore. Um, but I think uh Dave Attell's gonna be there. Eddie Griffin was just there. So like people are people go there, and um, so Robbie actually, I've met Robbie in real life. I've not met, I've never met Jesse in real life, but I've met Robbie. <laughs> Um, really? How do you guys know each other? Internet man. Oh, that's yeah. cool. How? But how on the internet? Like we met in a Facebook group that is no longer in existence. Um, thank you, Zuckerberg. <laughs> and actually, I think our group de- went down the same day the part of the problem group yeah. went down. Um, yeah. I actually don't know if that group's back up yet or not. Is it, Robbie? Props. I think we met twice. We met at uh, Dave's taping of Libertas, and then oh! I think we met in Washington. Yeah. Okay. Because he came out for Lewis's show. Yes. And you, did yeah. you open for Lewis? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. did. I mean, I didn't quite open, but I did like a 15 minute set. That was a fun night. Yeah. I remember hanging out with you outside. I think you were with your sister. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like, we were the only two, like, very few females in the crowd, and well, very few females you can actually that laughing. From an LOS type crowd. Yeah. <laughs> well, that too. But um, and it's yeah. so it's so funny, like how offended all the other girls in the room were. Like, just did they absolutely... not know what they were walking into? No, like they either actually like maybe one or two other chicks did know, and um, they were all about it, and that was cool. Um, but then all the other ones were like there with their boyfriends, or there with their husbands, and they had babysitters at home. <laughs> And they were not having Lewis's jokes. Actually, you know, they were more offended by Kim's jokes, I think. That's funny. Yeah. 
they were yeah, that's they, funny, yeah. Yeah, like so Kim was just Oh yeah. raunchy, but so funny, like had me howling. Um and these other girls were just not it was I don't know how the later show was because we saw you guys for the um for the earlier show. DC's a stiff crowd, but I imagine the early DC show is the stiffest. But um mm-hmm. but yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I've met Robbie in real life once if not twice. Um, cause yeah, I went, okay. Then if you were at the Libertas taping, then yeah, I saw you there too. Man, back when we, like, I, I we're used free. to have, <laughs> I used to go anywhere, anytime. Like I took a week off work that week and, uh, you know, literally flew like from Baltimore to Seattle to stay like a night or two with my sister who had just done, um, who did like a summer internship there to San Diego to visit a friend and then to New York city to see the Libertas taping and then back home all like basically for free for my Southwest miles. Um, those were the days, but yeah, I can't remember where I was going with that story other than I think it's kind of crazy that I've actually met Robbie and I have never met Jesse. I am glad though that comedy is coming back because I'm ready to get out of quarantine and I'm ready for life to happen again. So that is good that the show is coming back. Yeah. So anyway, Magoobies, check it out. Is that it's like near Baltimore, yeah. right? Yeah, I gotta well, luckily me and Dave are starting to line up some summer dates. I'll be back. You should have came uh I don't know how far it was from you, but we did a summer porch tour date by a random fan in Maryland and it was an absolute blast. Yeah. So definitely gonna go back there this summer. You should show up for it. No, definitely. Actually I wanted to ask you about how that went and like what the crowd there was like because obviously I mentioned how awful the DC crowd was, I think. <laughs> um but so yeah, I can't remember. I know I reached out to you because it was like coincidental timing, but I think I was like we missed each other and I was traveling or something, so I missed out on it. But um yeah, if you're coming back, we'll have to actually meet up. So to be honest, that um, that night was one of the funnest nights I've had. Oh, man. And he had, uh, firstly, the guy who hosted us, his name's Max. He's like a friend of the podcast now. We love him and he's like a cool dude, but he's got a cool property nice. and he's got a good setup for live shows. Um, so to speak to the positive, we did a live podcast afterwards, like in his, he has like a private clubhouse and it was just a fucking drinking chaos night. And it was so fun. It was like really one of the funnest nights I had. And we were on the road and it was also COVID. So everyone was on lockdown. Yeah. So we had a great time. The actual stand-up show, um, both BK Chris and Dave Temple got up on and they did great. And it was fun. It was mostly his neighbors that showed up for it. And we kind of got out of the car and I hopped on right on stage to like host it. So it was fine. It's not the funnest stand-up show I ever did, yeah. but it was a fucking, it was a fun-ass night. And we're definitely going to be doing some report store a little bit bigger this upcoming year. And we're going to be back there. So yeah. I, I expect it to be a blast. No, that's very cool. Actually, uh, I've got some potential options to think about and maybe send your way. Um, but I feel like, you know, that's probably one of those like rule-breaking sort of low-key, like, speakeasy vibe sort of things that um made it that much cooler. Yeah, it was so fun that way. And then also, we were in Philly the next night. We had one guy who uh, also has become a friend of mine, but he followed the tour. He went to both the Maryland gig and the Philly gig. The Philly gig, the dude who hosted it, he just threw up, like, a crazy barbecue. And then we did a stand-up show, and it was fun. 
Uh, and then also, cause I did, I did a couple more just like random shows and it was exactly what you're describing with the speakeasy vibe. We did one show in Philly where I rented a yoga studio, nice. right? And I showed up an hour beforehand. I set the place up to do stand up. We did stand up there. We were in and out of the place within two hours. And then we went to one of the fans houses afterwards and like, we partied to like three in the morning and everyone's like, there were people who were like, this is the only time I've been out of my house all year. And th that same guy who came for summer porch tour was like, I've left my house three times and it was for your two shows this summer and now for this. And so it, it definitely had that vibe to it. And there was something, uh, I guess there was something cool about, you know, me and Mike Heiss were hanging out in the basement. We're like <laughs> just getting fucking ripped. Like, oh my God, it was like, I, I, I felt like I was at a college. It was the first time since college that I was in someone's like shitty house and it really just felt like a <laughs> like college Like a good party. time. Yeah. And it, you wanted to be there. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I can imagine what you mean. Like wanting to be in somebody else's house because normally like, I don't know about you guys, but I can and am comfortable with being home. I'm a homebody. I can be a hermit. I like, I love getting out and socializing, but I... I'm really good at being at home too, <laughs> but then you're forced at home and then it's a lot less fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I miss. I, uh, I'm like you, I really don't leave my house other than doing stand up, And so I, I miss doing stand up, and then it, it's fun now, I guess when you set up your own shows, cause I'm kind of down to hang out with the, the people that are coming out for that. Yeah. I think that's a cool aspect and maybe a silver lining or, you know, something nice that'll come out of this um just in some ways it's making um it's both <laughs> taken a lot of intimacy away from our together time because it's we haven't had as much but then also like it makes it that much better i guess when we all when we do and are able to um kind of secretly be together yeah. i went to a karaoke bar this summer um it was amazing um, and like what by amazing, I mean like total trash dive bar. Don't go there normally, but they had, and most of the summer had like Thursday night karaoke nights and you just, Did you have to wear a mask. You Did have to wear, you wear a mask when you walk in the door and then okay. there was one person in there and I live in deep blue, like Maryland, except yeah. for, I kind of live right next to a very more rural country part of Maryland. And there was one person with a mask on and she was the weirdo. It was nice. <laughs> yeah. What's your karaoke songs? Like what are your <laughs> go-tos? I, I mean, out of practice since we haven't uh, had the opportunity much, but uh, my sister and I did zombie that night. So that was fun. Um, and I totally didn't realize how badass of like a anti-war song that was until I actually like read the lyrics and you know, that's crucial. Let's see. I like, I've done a really fun Bohemian Rhapsody duo with a friend. Jeez, you can sing. I have ability. Somewhat. Nice. Yeah. I used to sing in high school. I've never karaoke'd, and uh, even for as much time as I spent on stage, it sounds just totally terrifying. Oh, you totally <laughs> just get a different, I mean, I can... I could not do what you do um, and do stand up because like my face would get red and um, but at least like singing, I can put it in a, I can get myself in a different place entirely and um, I guess com compartmentalize and um, yeah, I got used to it somewhat earlier in my life and I was like a very shy, shy, shy person and um, 
actually, we were talking to, I think we were talking about this with Jeff Tucker, because um, we had him on a few, month or so ago um, to talk about his latest book. Um, Robbie, if you haven't read his book, Liberty or Lockdown, I think you'd enjoy it. It's a quick read. And it's nice that somebody in the libertarian world with a big voice and big following was like excellent on COVID stuff and lockdowns all year. Like, I know you and Dave were pretty good and um, like kept on it. Tom Wood's very good. Um, but I feel like the, the LP was awful, unsurprisingly. <laughs> um, still not good. Still not really getting the fact that lockdowns are the worst thing that <laughs> the government has done to us in a long time. Um, besides, you know, like everyday inflation and all the money printing. But do you think that women are not as funny as men <laughs> or do you think that the wrong people like the wrong female comedians are the ones that kind of get the bad rap and give it to the, all the other comedians well i'm honored to be on here during women's month to put women down uh, <laughs> doesn't it feel good really i was looking for an outlet where i could trash some women and uh oh, awesome. I, I will here you go <laughs> i will i will address this in hopefully the most diplomatic way <laughs> as possible firstly i don't think women are any less talented than men and i definitely don't think women are necessarily any less funny than men um i do think that sometimes what you're seeing on television is that they want to promote certain people more than other people. Mm -hmm. And so someone like me, you've never seen me on television. Most people don't know I exist. I've already been doing comedy. Uh, I'm gotta be coming up on 11 years. I've done a lot of work. By the time you see me on television, I will, I, I'm telling you, it's probably gonna be another 10 years before you see me on television um, versus you might see female comics who are in year three, four or five. So that, that's part of why you might go like, oh, it seems to me like men are funnier than women. Mm -hmm. It's just because I think it's a little easier if you're not looking like me to get exposure. And that's not me complaining. I'm just saying dollars and cents. Like if you want to know why sometimes you think the women might be less funny, I think they get exposure a little bit earlier. Um, I will say, firstly, there's some fucking really fucking funny women out there. In terms of like New York City comics, I don't know if you guys listened to Adrian Appalucci's new album, but there aren't too many comics that like, I want to step into a room and watch. Mm -hmm. Like they're really, I'm saying men are female, like Adrian Appalucci is like one of the few people on that list where if Adrian's up, I'm like, oh, I want to go watch Adrian. Like she's got some, some dark shit, but <laughs> I will say, all right, here's the problem here. Here are a couple of the issues with female comics. I think the second I say it, you're going to be like, oh, I could see that. The first is, and I'm guilty of this as well. Well, I, I don't date all that often. I'm not a big woman. Like it's just not part of my life. And like, I'll have a couple of jokes where it might sound like I get laid all the time and I'm a big slut whore and I'm not really, <laughs> but women definitely take that Amy Schumer mm -hmm. route where like very conservative women will get up on stage and talk about like how much of a slut they are. And I think fans of comedy appreciate honesty. And like, obviously there's some fucking, you know, persona to it, but I do think that that's like a little hack groove that people find early. The other thing, because I, I, I got two sisters, and I can tell you um, from my sisters and female cousins that I think women actually have a certain silly quality in, in, in a silly, funny way. Like, there's a silliness to women that, like, I would be too self-conscious mm. to possibly act the way 
that my sisters do and the way that they're funny Mm -hmm. or like I would think that I was being annoying and I still think to date it's a little bit weird to me that in terms of stand-up comedy I don't think I've seen like women comics quite tap into that I still think there's a little bit of um duplicating maybe what men are doing or joke writing I I think like there's this other energy that like in terms of stand-up that may like that makes women naturally funny that I haven't seen too many comics actually tap into. I mean, you guys are at least on paper women. So <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? Or- <laughs> yeah. Well, you were saying that it's realism is the key. And so, I mean, it's not, I guess when you're saying when I, like when I think about Amy, you brought up Amy Schumer, so I'm just going to talk about her. It's not to me realistic to think that she's just like betting all these dudes. Okay, like that's just not realistic to me. So when she's talking about how how you know active she is, and she's talking, and then on top of that, I just think men and women are different. So what would make a woman funny is not going to be the same thing that you know that makes a man funny. So when she's making those gross, disgusting jokes about her vagina, it's just not funny, you know. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just what makes, like you were saying, men and women are different and therefore the things that make them funny is not going to be the same. So, yeah. Like maybe it's um, like the most commonly seen or when I say most popular, I'm doing quote fingers because again, I think Robbie, you were onto something where it's like, the girls that are promoted, the girl co- female comics yeah. that are promoted and that we see more of, um, they might not be tapping into like the actual cutesy feminine, like genuinely feminine side of them that kind of would make them more natural, like funny in a different way than men are funny. Um, mm-hmm. That's an interesting observation. I think I can. I also it. like I work jobs with um, with women who are like very funny people and I, here's another thing that's funny about women that no one's tapped into. And this is going to sound hard. This is going to sound pretty hard. <laughs> but whatever. You guys, yeah. you guys can criticize yeah. me if you want. I actually think that, um, I don't know how to best say this. Not all, like, listen, not everyone's the same way. Mm-hmm. But I do think that women have a ability to be a little, like, and this is so not the way that, like, people are portrayed. But I actually think women have a certain ability to be sometimes harsher than men are, or even more selfish than men are, which like, if you look at um, comedy, sometimes there's a trope of, we like to see the jerk winning. Like that's kind Mm -hmm. of like, if you analyze some of the films that you watch, and that's especially true of like some of like your male characters, like a Bill Murray, or um, I can think of other, or like if you watched uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, what's his name's raccoon character mm-hmm. is very like this. And I could probably think of others, but there's something about the archetype of a male jerk who's defying a lot of rules and convention. He's winning for it, right? And, and like, that's kind of like a, a salesy character and we all like it. I, I can probably, if we looked at your list of like top 50 comedies, there's probably a lot of them mm-hmm. where it's like males being a jerk and he's women, winning. And um not to say that men can't be jer- like uh, like no one's any singular breed but if we're just like saying funny archetypes i actually think women can be pretty mean and mm-hmm. i i can't think of a single female comic that's like just been like ruthlessly fucking maybe joan rivers but i haven't watched too much of her stuff but like you know what i mean there's like just fucking like mean yeah yeah i'll say um 
my I come from a family of mostly women like they're and they're hilarious like my mom is very funny um my aunts are brutal to the core um but again also like they're the loving nurturing um generous and incredibly thoughtful um kind you know motherly aunts and all that but um it's like one of my cousins says my mom um Aaron will cut you to the core she'll say one thing like she'll be quiet and she will say one thing and it's exactly the one thing that will destroy you and you will never forget about it and then smile about it and hug you and you know still be your favorite aunt probably so um i love that but But i will there's something there also the other thing is like there's such a wide range of um male comedians and for some reason i gravitate to a dude that's yelling i i can't tell you like you got like quiet men sometimes they're great joke writers for some reason i just when it comes to stand-up comedy there's like a dude with like a sweaty face who's yelling (laughs) and for some reason i'm like just attracted to that i'm like oh what's this guy doing and that's somewhat what i do so some of it's just like taste and my own stupidity that like you know on the range of comedy i'll take a sam kinnison even though todd berry is really funny but like the opposite extreme i'd almost say is like a like a todd berry um but just to speak to the positive, I almost feel like uh, my younger sister's really funny in like a very like silly way. And I haven't really seen any female comics t- quite tap into that. Like, and I've hung out with a lot of women. There's like a different way that sometimes they're funny. And I haven't really seen anyone do that on stage yet, which I almost find interesting. Yeah, I wonder if it's like, it's not really promoted as much, you know? Cause like when you do see female comedian, it's either... I mean, it's either like the Amy Schumer or, you know, it's like just the silly blonde or like I, another archetype is kind of like the the cutesy Asian chick, you know, that I've seen a few times. And it's hard to really, I, I just think that that's the ones that we get promoted to our face. And so maybe there are some comedians out there. We just haven't seen them yet. Is so, it similar? This might be harsh, um, but I'll let Robbie be the judge of that. Um, since he said some very harsh things, um, is it? Have I? Oh shit! Am I coming no, off like no, a total no. prick right now? No, it's good. This is great. We're having a great time. Right. I, I, it's it's always good to get on record with something that will absolutely keep you from having a career that pays. Oh money, yeah, so no, oh, good. These are oh, the yeah. best. These are the best sound bites. But so are these? Um, <laughs> these like. I also, by the way, just to clear, I have no right to judge anybody's comedy. <laughs> I'm 10 years into this game with zero accolades, specials, late night appearances or anything, but God bless, you know, it's nice to be drunk <laughs> after a dentist appointment and just talk shit on people. <laughs> Forgot about the teeth. Um, but so are these female comics that we're seeing that, you know, maybe aren't the cream of the crop, but are, are what's uh, put in our faces, are they the female athletes that can't do anything else? Hmm. What do you mean by that? So when earlier when we were bashing female athletes. (laughs) When I was bashing female athletes, I was being funny. Like the only sport I follow is UFC. And uh, I actually enjoy uh, the the female fighters. But no, definitely not. No. I mean, listen, we can't. For some reason, culture seems to be obsessed with the fact of not being willing to accept that people are different. Yeah. Different is not necessarily bad. Like different just means that we have different skill set. I got plenty of male friends that have wildly different skill sets than me that make them more successful. That's fine. It's okay to like have different dispositions. Like how many psychology books are about the fact that like, um, 
we have different personality traits and you might be more empathetic. This guy is more like, I, I don't know, whatever. We've got different skill sets. It doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what was your question? Your question was what? <laughs> I, it was just, um, if we could compare. Oh, no, no. So I, I think if they're right, right. If you're going to talk to difference between men, like, I, I think the only thing that you can say that men definitely have above women is physicality. That's it. So like, if you and if me, if you're just placing a fucking bet around random man, random female on a construction site tomorrow, and the job is lugging bricks around, yeah. who do you want to take? You got no, no other information on it. Yes, there's some women who if I showed up to a job site tomorrow, probably better at lugging bricks. Your average dude is going to be better than your average female at lugging yeah. bricks. Yeah. Well, that's the we'll end take of that. Jimmy. Yeah. In, in terms of most other tasks, especially if they come to do something with your brain, or I think a lot of the typical tasks of our society, which um, sometimes reward, well, I don't want to go to the negative. Most typical tasks, <laughs> I think women are just as capable as men. And I actually think some of the particular tasks that our society values right now um, which I'm going to say this word, and uh, but some in some ways value obedience or structure or organizational skills or discipline. Those are all a little bit more favorable towards, I think, um, the strong suits of women over men. I think m men seem to do a little bit better in terms of risk-taking and chaos, which is the faulty analysis of people where they go, hey, how come men are on these high? Well, it's like, yeah, but there's 95 other dudes who fail trying to do the same thing. They just put a lot of risk on the table yeah. and you're looking at the people that managed to go to the, like the top. That doesn't, and there's 95 fucking miserable men. Like go look at the 95 miserable yeah. ones who put their risk on the table and lost because we're just fucking chaotic idiots. Um, but in terms of comedy, uh, in terms of like raw skill set, like just approaching standup. No, I don't think, I, I don't think any, I, I don't think any individual male is in, is a head like starting tomorrow. You take random dude, random chick is one better is one have better odds of success of being funnier. The answer is no. Mm -hmm. I think you guys as the viewers, what you're just not seeing, it's the pure numbers. It's the math of it. There's probably 30, 30 men for every one female trying to do comedy. So if you're turning on television, like as a dude, it's going to take me longer yeah. to get to television and I'm going to have to have gotten past more, like more men. I'm not, I'm not really competing against the women because it's almost like the quota system. They want to promote women. So yeah. just think about it from the competition standpoint, it will have taken me more years of honing my craft. Right. And you will have sifted through, I don't know. I, I this isn't even exaggeration. There will probably be have been 10,000 men who started comedy at the same time as me that did not stick around for 15 years. So it's like took 15,000 men yeah. before you saw me as a single individual on television. Your female starting to getting to television ratio is probably 300 to one. Mm -hmm. So it really just becomes a numbers game of, yes, if you sift through 15,000 people, if you were to sift through 15,000 people to get to one female and 15,000 men to get to one man, do you think that female is any funnier than that one man? The answer is absolutely not. And just to throw one more kicker onto this, if you start what which, which I was describing with like that goofy, funny thing, Kate McKinnon is as talented as anyone's ever been on SNL ever. If you were to like write your, you know, your top five dream team of SNL people, I'm not an SNL fan, but I'm yeah. just saying like if tomorrow you were to sift through every single person who's on SNL and said, I'm going to pick five to start a new cast, 
So she would make that list. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and, and so I, in terms of are oh. women not funny, you know what I mean? I, I think it's a little bit more of a numbers game and no, I think women are just as capable as being funny as men. I don't think that they've necessarily all like also stand up specific, you know what I mean? Stand up's like a little bit specific. And I th- do think it might come back to that risk taking thing that I was talking yeah. about that men are we're like, we're fucking crazy. There could be 95 losers who didn't <laughs> win for that one guy who's telling his party stories, like a Burt Kreischer type yeah. guy. You know what I mean? And you're like, Oh, well this is all of a sudden it's like the hero. It's like, wow, this guy's surviving partying. I, I don't think there's as many women necessarily living that lifestyle who are also showing up every night to do comedy. That's a really long winded rant. <laughs> no, but it makes sense. Yeah. And I was just thinking too, like, it's not just, um, women comedians too like we were you guys were talking about like the legion of skanks show that you guys were at and how the there's like three other women there maybe and they were they didn't know what they were walking in on they didn't you know they were easily offended or whatever and i was just thinking you know women in tip you know when it comes to comedy they only like certain types typically you know like me and maddie are not typical we like the raunchy stuff but most women like they don't want to hear dirty, disgusting, you know, jokes. They want just to be. They just want something they can laugh at and they can feel safe. Safe, <laughs> you know. Like Lewis yeah. is not going to make you feel safe, and no. you know. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, that's and I was just thinking like the audience is probably going to be mostly men for comedy, especially for stand up. Um, so what? what you're going to run into as a female comedian is you're going to see mostly men out there, maybe with their wives or girlfriends, but you know that you've got to get the guys to laugh and it's going to be a different, you, it's just going to be, I don't think a lot of women really want that. I just don't. It sounds mortifying actually. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I also think, by the way, this is also a a negative uh, and man, I'm really going to get myself in trouble tonight. (laughs) I do think sometimes um, women, I think sometimes, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think sometimes women are more competitive with other women Mm -hmm. more than men are competitive with other men. Um, And so I wonder if also even like, if you just look at it now, let's look at it in the math again. So there's an audience for comedy. I wonder if amongst women, if they show up to a comedy club, if they're excited to see a female that's like them or because they feel like, oh, this is my hero. They're they're putting forward my point of views. Or if there's an element of like, well, fuck this person. I, I, I'm asking that yeah, as a question. No, I'm not saying that I, as a... That, that I think that's um, an, a trait we've evolved with. Like, um, mm-hmm. as females, uh, you know, back when we were in villages, like very, you know, scarce resources, including good men. Um and so uh, I'll speak honestly, like when I do see a female and maybe I maybe they are funny or maybe they're kind of not funny. There is a part of me that might be jealous that they're up there and I have to I have to be like jealous of them and like sort of compare myself to them, even though it's like, you know, I wouldn't compare myself to them if they were in any other position, maybe. But um, because they get to like get up there and tell their story and people laugh at them like laugh with them not at them um there that is like when i have a little bit of a competitive side to me like why why can't i I can do that like you know 
But then I'm like, no, yeah. I can never do that. I don't want to do that at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can kind of understand that. Like, if I see a really awesome female comedian or just an entertainer in general, it, I will I will be like, gosh, I wish I could be like her. But I do feel like that most women, like men, when they see a, another man doing being successful, doing a really good job at whatever it is, they might feel, I feel like men are more likely to be motivated to better themselves so they can meet that standard. Whereas women, I don't think that's always the case. I think that a lot of women are like, oh, she's better than me. So now I have to destroy her. You know, <laughs> I you hate know? her. <laughs> it's, it's, not a great, it's not a great trait, but I really, I having, like I said, I've worked in a lot of all female environments and I have seen that trait play itself out over and over again. So I can see why maybe, and I, I can, I, I just wonder sometimes like, Robbie, have you seen like even female comedians kind of like say like, I'm not going to do it, my, a show with her or like comedian that, cat fights. Yeah. Comedian cat fights. You don't have to name so names. I've got, no, no, the, the answer is, uh, and this is, this is a knock on me. I'm not sociable enough. And sadly I don't have enough, mm -hmm. uh, I like at the end of the I grew up dude I grew up like really Jewish religious I didn't grow up like hanging out with women mm. so it's like I don't even as an adult I don't have like a ton of women friends so a lot of that stuff might exist but it's just not something I really see because I'm not I'm just not like sociable enough to like be in the know on that and that's not on me that's not so like I can't I can't verify or deny that that exists I just haven't no, that's really good. seen that's it that's not a knock that yes. just is but it is um uh, actually yeah. Question, Robbie. Speaking of yes. Jewish comedians and upbringings, have you watched um, the Amazon show "The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel"? You know, I watched. Uh, I watched the first season, which I enjoyed, yeah. but not enough, I guess, to hop into the second season. But the first season was was a lot of like I enjoyed the first season. Yeah, I just put it on actually before we were recording tonight because I needed something mindless after work to. <laughs> totally changed subjects and i was like this kind of fits um yeah i enjoy it uh, but that, by the way one last thing on the uh on the 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 um women in comedy you know it's interesting to me even now like they'll complain about the wage gap which isn't true but they'll yeah. also complain that women are being uh have are have less opportunity than men also not true but what's interesting is if you look at the actual figures, which is kind of what I was describing, that I actually think the way society is set up right now, in some ways it actually favors um, the skill set of women more than men. But if you look at college graduate numbers, um, or if you look at uh, graduate school numbers, it's actually more, so it's like a lot of what you're seeing now, if you just look at like purely at the numbers, it's not gonna exist 10 years from now, it just won't, because you have women who are out graduating people from higher education and just look at the numbers of how people who don't go to college or like look at the earning potential of someone who didn't go to college versus people that did go to college and look at how many more women are going to college and graduating versus men how many women are going to graduate school versus men i'm going to venture to guess because I, I i i see this with my own comedy career there's more the people who perform the most become the funniest that that's just that's just true i've seen women who I started with and were horribly not funny. And this kills my soul that now, like over the last three years, they got ev up every night at like the comedy clubs. And if I got to go to a comedy club and they're on the show, they're probably going to do better than me. And I'm like, I know I'm fucking funnier than that person. It doesn't matter. They've actually been getting up every night. 
I'm going to venture to guess 10 years from now as women have had more opportunity and it just comes down to doing the work. And so they've done more work. You're going to see a higher proportion of funny women. And that's just going to be like, that's going to be a thing of the past that we thought that men were funnier than women. I don't think we're there now, but I'm just telling you, if you fast forward (laughs) 10 years from now, I like, I, I think women will have put in more work or more women will have hung around for longer because they had more opportunities earlier. And just purely for my fucking autistic finance brain <laughs> and looking at it in terms of numbers, you're going to actually see women who have stuck around longer and put in more reps and are like, are experts in a much higher number than they currently are. Yeah. I hope that's true. I'd like to see that. I just want to see people loosen up and just laugh. Like it's, have fun. I mean, I still hate women. Like, don't okay. get me wrong. I mean, wrong. they're awful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just like that. I, like, it's hard to even picture today, like, any woman. I hate to say this, but like, I've just seen so many Karens all over the place, just like telling everybody to put a mask on and just bossing everybody around. It's like, it's hard for me to imagine women just lo- like being funny or even relaxing enough to laugh. Like, you know, and that's just probably because of what I do for a living. I see so much of it, but it's just frustrating. So, yeah, I would love to see more female comedians. I would love to see more female comedians, like, actually just make the most offensive jokes ever that they could ever think of. I'd like, That's what I want to see. Because if, if you can break that line, if a woman can break that line, then I think we can all relax a little bit more, if that makes sense. But right now, everybody's just so tense. Adrian Appalucci, go check her out. She's as dark as anybody. Adrian Appalucci. I wrote it down. I hope I spelled it right, but I think I'll figure it out. Adrian, and also uh, Jessica Kirsten. I mean, Jessica Kirsten's like, I feel like she's on the verge of popping. She's like what Louie was before Louie really? had his FX show and like really popped. Yeah. What'd you say her name was? Jessica Kirsten. Uh, yeah, Jessica Kirsten, firstly, just like in terms of like personality, she's got this electricity. She's the funniest. Now, I've only, and she does like this weird thing where like she, she'll like almost yell at herself while talking to the wall. It's the funniest thing you've ever seen. I've never seen anyone kill harder than Jessica Kirsten in a New York City club. Wow. I've seen everybody. I mean, I've seen yeah. like the biggest names you can think of, like perform and like your small clubs. I've never seen anyone kill the way Jessica Kirsten kills. Mm. Wow. I'll definitely look her up. Cause yeah, I could definitely use some more laughs. Yeah, like this is great. You're giving us you're giving yeah, us names of, of comedians to check out, so that's so good. We, so we hate women, but these two are good, and <laughs> they yeah. pass the test. They pass the test. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, I was at Skankfest uh, in 2020, and you know, there were some definitely very funny female performers. I can't remember name names. What was I, I like? I I can't remember the one who's I I thought was like so genuinely funny in a way that was just she didn't have to try hard, but was funny. And she's married to another comedian that was there, but I'm not gonna I I don't remember her name to save my life. Um, and then there was another female comedian that was on and like was yelling at the crowd and was it was not name names. I don't remember their names. How sexist does it of me like to not remember their names? Like, but I remember, you know, the men. Like, I mean, but that's because I know I knew their names in advance. Like, was uh, the one that you thought was funny, Kristen Meehan, who's married to Aaron Berg? 
Hmm. That sounds familiar. Maybe. I feel like it was a it was an Irish name. It was an Irish or you know Scottish sounding last oh, name. Um, and I think she and her husband don't have the same name, so it wasn't obvious. And then it clicked that they were married. It was like, oh, oh, you're describing him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm I I would have to like look at the lineup and be like, oh yeah, that was it. So, sorry, listeners. <laughs> sorry, anybody who listens. And tries to figure this out. My sister, who, if she listened, she'd probably be like, you dumb bitch, you forgot her name was blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. But do you guys in general think women are not funny? No, I mean, <laughs> I think... I think, I, you're, like, I, I think what, what, you, what you're saying is like, I know a ton of hilarious chicks. Yeah, very like, funny from, women. I, from working with them and, and hanging out with them. And, and they're like that, especially in... When you're working like in a high stress job, it's great having like a really funny group of people to hang out with. And so I know a lot of people like that. But I think when it comes to them having the confidence to get on stage. It's a different it, it's batch a whole different of women. Thing. Yeah. But isn't that interesting? The way that you've hung out with women and found them to be funny is not yet really what you've seen in terms of stand up. Yeah. By the way, here's here's another good example. I mean, I'm an I, I'm I'm pretty anxious for in terms of like on the scale of like men and male qualities, I'm a little bit more on the anxious feminine side. But if you think about women being anxious, I can't think of a single female comic that's really explored being an anxious female. Like I can't even think of, I mean, off the top of your head, can you name one who's like on the dude side, Joe list has done amazing comedy about being an anxious person but women, for sure, if you were to like gauge, gauge anxiety amongst men and women, women tend to definitely be overthinking yeah. and more anxious than men. Mm -hmm. That's a natural thing for women. I can't think of a single female comic who's particularly explored being overly anxious or overly thinking things. Yeah. I wonder if that's a, a vulnerability that just hasn't really been brought to stage, but could be. Yeah, and I think it needs to be brought to stage more. Maybe I don't... It might really just be like I, or even over the last three years of doing stand-up, I don't hang out in the clubs as much. And I also got into stand-up with more of a love from radio and funny movies and stand-up just being something you can do and start. So I actually, there are people that have a better uh, history of comedy knowledge than I do. Like some people like just know the history kind, they know everything. I'm not one of those yeah. people. I kind of just started doing it and learned by doing it. I don't know. I'm not a comedian, so I can't really tell you. I just know that when I was when I was growing up as a kid, I always was drawn towards um, stand up from a child. I could stand and watch well, a whole set and loved it. We're all we're all weirdly analytical. What else would you say is like naturally funny female qualities mm -hmm. that are not natural to men that you haven't seen done by like in stand up? I have a friend that is really good at doing like this internal dialogue. Like when she would, when we would joke around, you know how, um, God, what was the name of the comedian? Um, Jim Gaffigan, you know how he always had that internal dialogue when he would do his, his things. She would do that. She, I, she had never seen Jim Gaffigan. So I know that she wasn't copying off of him, but she was so good at doing that. And that was something that I think that um, it was always just like, you know, some like a, an internal anxiety or internal like questioning of things all the time in a funny way. And I think that women need to tap into more of that. I think women are more analytical 
So instead of trying to focus so much on, you know, and I'm not saying that that's what all comedian, female comedians are doing today, but, you know, maybe focusing more on that analytical side, it might tap into more females like watching comedy. And I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like that's where um, I, that's the kind of comedy I like. So that's just what I'm saying thinking from you know i don't know by the way the, the other people bonnie mcfarland if you guys bonnie, bonnie yes yes that's i mean that's who i'm thinking of such a fucking funny joke right that's who i'm thinking oh, of. you're thinking of bonnie yes. who's married to, yeah dude that's it bonnie's also another i'm telling you like there's she's very very funny. few comedians that if i'm hanging out at like the stand and someone's up on stage there's i i'm and this is me i don't like watch a ton of stand-up there's like a pretty short list of people who i'm like oh shit that person's on stage i'm gonna go watch and uh bonnie is on that like bonnie bonnie's such a fucking funny she joke is writer. funny like such a funny joke yeah. writer. and it, <laughs> like like i said like sh- her comedy just seemed easy funny and by that, maybe I like that's something that um, is like the rare quality that I, I feel like I haven't seen very often where it's just like it's real. It's raw. It's it's something that like I guess it's the relatable feature, maybe like um, mm-hmm. that maybe some women in comedy don't really nail. But yeah, no, that's exactly who I was thinking of. And she killed it at Skankfest. I think that's the key. Like it's you're kind of taught like you're if a, a girl comedian is talking to like the audience like they're talking to their girlfriends that's like that to me that's the most funniest thing because like honestly like when i always tell my husband like you don't even want to know what me and my friends how we talk to each other you would you would be disgusted because we just go like we're nurses so we talk about we could talk about the most disgusting things and we can still eat a full meal and nothing <laughs> would, you know like my husband can't even I was, yeah, I'm not even going to go into detail, but there's just things that I've mentioned, like just words, trigger words. And he's just like, all right, I'm out. So, you know, I think that's the thing. That's the key. It's like every female comedian that I've seen that can just talk to you like you're one of the girlfriends. Then you're already like, I'm already in the vibe and I'm getting it. Like Chrissy Mars, another one I was thinking of. I think she's a really good comedian. She's able to kind of tap into that. And maybe it's because she reminds me of some of my friends so it's like it's easy to listen to her and you know go down that stream of consciousness with her that's actually one of the things i i've found difficult about stand-up is i uh, part of i mean there's a couple different things that make me funny but one of them is definitely me and my peer like my good friends it's almost absurd how mean we are to each other <laughs> yeah. and we all get like and it's only because we're such good friends that we can be so mean to each other like you, you almost have to have a level of friendship yeah. Like I've got a friend, my best friend, well, one of my closest friends, I mean, he's my best friend. I just don't want to track him back to him, has a kid who's probably autistic. And I make jokes about that to him. Like, it's not okay. If anyone else in the world were to hear what I said to my best friend, it would be not okay. It's only okay because he's my best friend and we're having a private conversation. You know what I mean? Like the shit me and my best friends say to each other. And that's always what made me funny was like, (laughs) standing in the back of the corner and just saying the meanest thing possible. <laughs> and then that you almost can't do that in standup. Cause now you're in oh, front yeah. of like at the top of the room talking to everybody. So you're not like, that's no longer okay. Um, but 
yeah, I don't, I don't know where I was going with that. Well, you were just saying that like, you almost feel like you wish you'd see more people on stage kind of talking to you the way that yeah. you hang out with your friends. And I think we all kind of run into that where you gotta, even if you're naturally funny, you gotta kind of figure out how can I do this on a stage, like fucking yeah. publicly to 110 people yeah. I never met. Well, I mean, I think that's, I think that's the problem that I think comedy's run into t- in today's time is that, well, it used to be okay to do that. Like, I I mean, I'm grow- talking about, like, growing up in the 80s and 90s, and I feel like comedy, especially in those two decades, it got pretty raunchy sometimes, and it was real. And, I mean, it was just, like, it was just understood, like, these are the comedians that are hardcore, and then these are the easy comedians. But now it's, like, every they're trying to shove everybody into, like, the same box. And if you are outside of that, they try to cancel you and it's ridiculous the cancel thing just sucks i i mean i i'm 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 living it like i've already said i mean uh, what i've said on this podcast (laughs) for the last hour prohibits you from having a career that's just the reality (laughs) of the situation (laughs) guys he doesn't mean it Sure. They made me say it. we they wrote they wrote me scarcely we held him the down. podcast and this is the opinion of both Maddie and Jesse and doesn't reflect we're not my, really women uh, anyway. Point of view in any capacity. Yeah. <laughs> women with women or whatever, or something, you know. Yeah. <laughs> women folk. What other female attributes can I uh trash and mansplain for you? Mm, what else do we got? Um their sandwich making capabilities. Oh yeah. There you go. Ooh, that's a tough one. I haven't dated enough, so I can't really, uh, I can't shit on, uh, on women's sandwich making skills. But if I was going to rate anyone in terms of sandwich making, and no one talks about this, but Mexican men, Mexican men, dude, you go to any New York City bodega, there's some Mexican dude behind that counter who I guess is living his dream of immigrating to this country and making fucking delicious sandwiches for minimum <laughs> wage. He just wants to give to the American people. God bless him. So, what I was said, that? God bless yeah. him. Yeah. Like, Thank you. Gracias. <laughs> if, if anything, by the way, this is the PR campaign that they should be going on is let more of us in yeah. here. Like, <laughs> you think you think tacos are good? Or you fucking think empanadas are good? Look at the fucking sandwiches yeah. we're putting together. We're changing your world, your food. <laughs> we're making your food better. Think of the meatball subs you can be having for lunch. Fuck McDonald's. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> With that being said, you know, I've, I've yet to have a girlfriend or have sex with someone who's like, dude, let me make you a sandwich. Like I got, I got sandwich making skills. Like, I guess they're, uh, you know, they're just relying on their vaginas. They're like, I took care of this. We're good. I don't need to like, like people mean it about the sandwiches. Like, you know, and actually now that you're saying that I've only made my boyfriend one sandwich ever, but I cook for him all the time. But like, I had to think about it. Sandwiches. I don't have, I don't eat bread. So like, I don't really have bread in my house. (laughs) Yeah. And so I'm I'm depriving him of sandwiches. What kind of meals are you putting together? Um, I made meatloaf last week. I make all kinds of chilies. Um, really like, I love the throw everything, but the kitchen sink in the, in there to make them. I don't know. It's really just not hard. Smell and I can't read recipes. Yeah, maybe but... uh, maybe the artistry of going, hey, instead of having meatloaf, let's have a meatloaf sandwich. Maybe that's a more of a male sport. But I will say I've been doing more crockpot cooking Crock-potting, and I've been yeah. eating a little bit more barley and rice than I have been uh, pounding the bread. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I mean, honestly, and maybe it's the I don't want to say pandemic, but maybe it's the lockdown. Um grocery shopping talking but i mean you know bread 
is the was the first thing sold out in the supermarket. That with toilet paper, bread, eggs. Um, you got to go get it all the time instead of like it's already safe at home in the bags of uh, rice or whatever for you. But yeah, so I gotta say that's what I miss most about New York City. Firstly. I think I save more money eating out in New York City than I do cooking for myself at home. I That's like I legitimately something. think, yeah, no, I legitimately think I. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also, you could always just pick up a sandwich. Like the sandwich thing is a little bit like just true to New York City. Any point, in, like it could be three in the fucking morning, you can go get yourself a sandwich at the bodega, mm-hmm. and it's good. It's one meal, and you're done. In the suburbs now, like if I want a good sandwich, it's not that easy to find, They're all and closed. it's gonna take me more time it's going to take me more time to track down than just fucking cooking at home. And then the biggest problem with cooking at home is you can't, you can't cook a single serving yeah, of anything that doesn't exist. Once you're cooking, you've got four days worth of food. And now I'm eating like it was good for one meal. Exactly. I don't want to now I'm eating it cold. And it's like, or it, it, it's both sides, by the way, on the fat, you guys are both uh, very in shape. You don't have this problem, but <laughs> it's both sides of it where it's like when the food is warm then you'll end up overeating where it's like, I'll eat three servings because it's hot and it's here versus when someone hands me a full sandwich. And then it's like the secondary servings of it aren't even that good. So you end up like throwing more cake or cookies or whatever else on the backside. Hmm. Yeah, no, this is all, this is all coming together. So let more Mexicans into the country and eat more sandwiches. That's what I'm trying to say. That's the immigration policy. Really, what could go wrong? We need we. I honestly don't have a problem with having more Mexicans in this country. I think we need to just let them in. I mean, I'm I'm the furthest thing from a liberal, but if they went on a campaign and said Mexicans make sandwiches, I'd be like, you know what? I guess we need more of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> anybody who can and wants to work and be here, yeah, that's how I feel. Especially if there's sandwiches involved. But not one girlfriend. I've I've never had a girlfriend who said, "Let me make." It's never happened. Even peanut butter and jelly. I like peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> yeah, my boyfriend Just loves peanut butter and jelly. Sandwich, I'm like, guys. That's, I'm like, I'm not gonna make you a peanut butter and jelly. I'm gonna make you like a meal. I don't know. There's something. About- hey, we're going. We're going on this road trip. I'm packing some sandwiches. <laughs> never. It's never once happened. <laughs> I can actually like my dad. Um, owned a deli for a lot of my childhood, and so he still rocks a sub. So I am technically his apprentice, and so I'm the one who's going to inherit the uh, sub-making responsibilities when he's uh, impaired. Um, so, like, I feel even more bad now that I haven't made my boyfriend more sandwiches because I know how to make sandwiches, like really damn good ones. Um, Italian cold cuts, <laughs> like none other. So, all right, I've, you know, I've had to do a lot of reflection in this very short time. So I, and, um, I guess that means we need to make more sandwiches for our men. Probably. There's also an artistry to the meal being handed to you as it, like there's something about being able to like eat it, not needing the fork and knife. I mean, you guys have eaten sandwiches. I don't need to preach to you on the <laughs> How do you sandwiches. eat a sandwich? <laughs> but the fact that you get, but then it's also like, it's been, it, there's an artistry to, it's like a painting. It's being handed to you to a pre, like if you hand me like rice and beef, for example, I get to pick how much rice am I eating with each yeah. piece of beef, you know what I mean? So you're only part of the process of what I'm consuming because I'm still going to make alterations to it. If you hand me a sandwich, that's it. it this is this, like I'm representing it. Or even better, if you hand me the supplies so I can make my own sandwich, like, hey, for dinner, it's like, listen, I made chicken cutlets and here's some deli and some condiments. I sliced everything. Put this together for yourself. That doesn't get any better than that. All right. Noted. <laughs> make All right, your ladies. own sandwich night. 
<laughs> Trick them into thinking it's a good thing. listening to this, you know, at this point. Yeah, right. <laughs> what are your actual, like, and I'm now at the point because I, uh, I'm pretty uh, frugal, so I've been cooking most of my meals, but like, I now know how to make five things and I rotate them. Do you actually like have a, like, will you look at a recipe thing and actually invest time into cook? Here's what I do now. I, I use my crock pot. I put the bags in there. It's like a condom for the crock pot so I don't need to clean. <laughs> and then at lunch, I don't know how to cook. I just fucking throw everything in there. I put it on slow. Eight hours It'll later, work. I've got slow cook thing. It just works. I eat it and then I throw out the bag and it's done. I've never heard of the bag. Do you actually have? What was I've that? never heard of this bag. This crockpot bag. Oh, thing. you gotta get. Oh, those are I the mean, best. I'm sure Is this a game changer? Oh yes, shit! Yes, they're the most amazing thing ever. That way you don't get your crockpot pregnant. You know, yeah. that's a I whole mean, commitment. That really Nine is. months later, you got to deal with the baby. Or other things. <laughs> no, you don't have to clean. Yeah. It just it takes out the whole cleaning wow. part. That's genius. I bet a, bet a man invented that. <laughs> Four females. Look, I'm I'm even I'm even mansplaining cooking to I you mean, guys. But geez. what are your uh, what are your dishes? Like, what are your go tos? I can make a mean baked ziti. Mm. I use cayenne peppers in it too. I like spicy food. So all right. Um, one of my favorites, and it like it's exploding with flavor, but like. Like a baked, stuffed chicken, lemon, white wine, butter, garlic, mm. feta. I fucking love feta cheese. Put it on anything and it's good. Like, I love making our own pizza. Um, except, uh, again, there's the bread thing. Like, I avoid that. But I, let's see, what else do I like to do? I don't know. I'm kind of really relying on the crock pot. I don't follow recipes. I, um... I love a good quesadilla, though, I'll tell you that. Again, back to the, we need more Mexicans. Obviously. That's that's the key to this show, I think. When I was in high school... Less women, more Mexicans. Basically. Right? I, I was explaining this to my boyfriend, um, who is, a, is from this more, like, rural country part of Maryland versus I was from very close outside D.C. But we literally would take, after school, you know, it's like basically like an hour-round trip to go to the to go down to where our chipotle was and then like an hour after school out of our way to go get the burritos made by the actual hispanic community and man were they good and then only where i'm from actually like super white super white bread only um got their own wonder bread yeah super wonder bread only got their um got their own chipotle but and so it was like the convenience factor was amazing, but those burritos were not the same made no. by those made by those white high school kids. <laughs> Gotta love an after school job. Well, how else can I trash women? I don't want I don't want to disappoint you. I feel like there's so many topics I can mansplain, and uh, we're pushing up on an hour and a half now, so we might have to r r like uh, speed round it, but. You know, if there's anything else I can help your uh, female listeners with so they can stop messing up on in life, I'm happy to help out. This is related to the sandwich issue and maybe, you know, girls aren't making enough sandwiches for their boyfriends. I, I'm not. I've already admitted that. You know, thank you, Robbie, for helping me get <laughs> realize this. Um, but, you know, what other dating etiquette? <laughs> uh, you know what? That's, that's where I really can't help you guys out. <laughs> <laughs> lost cause. I'll say that you know what I'm fine you know what I'll go for it I got two one is that I find at least early in courtship women seem to 
like very brief messages, which I don't understand. I appreciate people that have something to say. And so I'm both okay with a lot of words because I got something to respond to. Like I'm not turned off by that, but there seems to be a preference for like as brief as possible, which I don't really quite understand. And maybe you guys weren't like the dating app texting people, but I don't like that. I just don't get, I don't get like, and that's even a dating tip to people is like be brief. And it's like, well, why would I want something who very specifically doesn't have thoughts, opinions, or something to say? Like, I don't even really like, you know what I mean? Like that almost doesn't. So so you mean, um, it makes sense to me. The girls are brief in their responses or something early on. Is that what you're saying? No, I think sometimes it goes both ways. It's like a preference. It's like a preference for brevity where it's like, for most people, it's almost like a red flag for if people are being expressive or having an opinion. I don't get that. It's like, yeah. give me something to work off of here. Yeah. Like that. That. that no, yeah, I'm, that's I'm with one. you. That's weird. And not helpful. Yeah, I had a second one, but I was talking too much and now I forgot what it was, but it was a good Damn one. Damn those dental drugs. <laughs> no, no, give me a second. It'll come back to me. Okay. Ask me, ask me a different question and then I'll be able to come back to what the other one was because it was a Got good one. It. I feel like it was actually good advice. We already talked about us being like homebody hermit people. How do those people, you know, find whether it's a guy listening to our show who needs to find another girl or, you know, the girls that are at home being homebodies, um, how, sh- how should oh, they find I, the I, person? I actually remember what it was Go and I it. will let you guys jump off on this. Okay. I think that we have a human... And this goes for both men and women, like all together. But I think we actually have a human fallacy in that we, I think confidence is actually a bad marker of skill set or people's value. Like for some reason, there's almost like, almost look at it from a, from a currency perspective. What's the value of the U.S. dollar? It's confidence. There's confidence in the U.S. dollar. Like confidence actually has like, value to okay. it. And I think there's a lot of people that go, oh, this, th-, like I've had that at work where the person with the worst idea is the most confident. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, we're going with the worst idea now. Like, that's what we're doing. He's yeah, got so- the most confidence in it. He wants to own it. We're going to go with it. Um, and I think this is cross board. It's not just ideas. It's like almost like a critical reasoning fallacy, whereas opposed to um, looking at the value of something or the arguments to something, we almost just want to jump to the confidence factor because we're lazy in our thinking. And we're like, well, this, the guy's confident or this, this person's confident in their idea. So I'm going to just jump, like, I'm going to jump past all the other things that I would normally use to evaluate the value of something and just go with the confidence. Mm -hmm. And I actually think, um, I mean, I can't say this for fact. I can't say this for whatsoever, but I bet there's like, almost like if you're looking at, this is me being finance brain again, like uh, look at Warren Buffett being a value investor. I bet there's a lot of value in non-confident men. I bet there's a lot of not confident men out there that have a lot of the things that you're looking for and they're actually undervalued by the market and that would be a value date. And so what you were saying with the lonely people, and this is going to start shifting in society. Cause like now, like I even remember like 10 years ago, if I went to a bar, like you could hit on someone cause they were just sitting there, but now they're sitting on their phone and yeah. like, you're almost interrupting them on their phone by hitting on them. I think the wheel's going to start to turn a little bit where, um, especially as I guess women have been upset or, or at least in public stating that they find being hit on men in some capacities being creepy 
I think the wheel's going to start turning here a little bit where women have to actually be a little bit more aggressive in terms of pursuing men. I don't think that they're necessarily just going to be able to sit back or if they are sitting back, they are only going to be met by some of the more confident people that might actually not be the value buy. So I'm I'm actually stating that I think that there's a human fallacy in the way that we value confidence and that like, if you're a woman and you just looked at men in terms of like, and I know that this is like really autistic and I wouldn't put in these terms if I wasn't handling. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm following. If you looked at your, if you looked at your, your relationship, like you're investing in a person, there's going to be some real value buys out there, which are men that are not confident, right. That actually have a lot of things to offer, but other people are overlooking because they don't have this confidence thing which isn't necessarily actually all that valuable. It's a lazy shortcut that we're all using because we don't want to have to make decisions for ourselves. So it's very easy to go, oh, well, I'm not going to be responsible for my decision. This person's being confident. They're looking for the responsibility. So I'll just defer to them. And that's not like you should take on, you know what I mean? It's almost like if you look at it from, I'm going to take ownership for myself or I'm going to make my own evaluation of things then maybe all human beings, we should actually put aside the confidence thing because that's almost like a sales trick. That's not actually necessarily a display of value. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Think, I think like there is this, I've noticed that there's like, and it could just be like these these kids are raised to think that they're, they're special. And so they just kind of see themselves without ever having accomplished anything behind all that confidence, you know, like you're talking about, or they have like the, you know, you said they had the shitty ideas, but they're everybody's listening to them for some reason. I mean, I see that like play itself out in politics all the time, you know, or even on Twitter, you see that you'll see somebody say like have a garbage comment and all these people below it are like, yeah, that's great. I agree with that. And it's because they didn't even think the whole thing through. And I, that I think a lot of that is because people like we're analytical, so we're like, okay, that guy said this, and so we think it all the way through. But most people aren't critical thinkers. I think, I think that I don't know why that might be. It's just I've noticed that, and you know, I'm a Gen Xer, so I've noticed when I'm looking at as the generations go further down, it's like I'm watching the critical thinking skills just get less and less and less. You know, but you guys. <laughs> You guys are coupled up. So what, what worked for you? What would you say is like the things that like you would go, Hey, this is the, this is the trick that's worked well for me. And you guys should definitely go try and utilize this. Well, I'll say real quick, just because I think Robbie, you're onto something, you're hammered, but you're onto something with that. <laughs> I think it's, it's not necessarily confidence. Cause like, you know, confidence is a good thing. You want men and women like to be, self-confident but like you want it to be deserved like you want them mm-hmm. to have done done the work with themselves or, or um or they're, they're not showy they're not cocky it's not undeserved confidence um but i'll say this asshole that i was dating briefly who dumped me in a text message and actually not only dumped me in the text message but informed me that he was also seeing somebody else like we had, we were dating and then he text messaged me that he was seeing somebody else and didn't know how to tell me about it. Anyway, so that's the guy who was that over showy, confident one who came to me, came on to me. And it's like, I wouldn't have approached him ever, but he came on to me and it was just like, oh, well, 
okay, you know, and it was honestly me making a shitty decision um, and probably doing less, less critical thinking, less, um, less, less forethought went into it. And I mean, you know, it wasn't supposed to be anything special, but anyway, and then so the boyfriend I have, though, back to the brevity, like that brevity thing you were touching on, like, I actually appreciated that he responded in full sentences um and he reached out to me first so again the you know i i hated bumble because i was not cool on making the first move and and totally making a loser first move um and just i don't know there was not a lot worth my interest there but um like i appreciated that my current boyfriend actually you know answered in full sentences, asked me questions and allowed me to answer in full sentences. And so finally I was like, you're answering in full sentences. You kind of seem to keep following up. Like, do you actually want to meet up in person? Mm -hmm. uh, and he was like, yeah, great. Well, yeah, I'll see you this weekend. And, um, but I think there, there is definitely like a, I, I totally get with what, what you're saying though, that like there is this, maybe what was seen or perceived as undervalued traits in men, like there is going to be, I think a higher volume of them. Um, and more women I think have been scorned and, or seen their friends scorned. And so they're going to be looking for a different type of man too. And so they're not going to be going for the, the flashy peacock one. Um, you know, they're going to be looking for somebody that can sit sit on the couch, enjoy their company, either watch a movie together or sit in silence and read something. Like my boyfriend reads newspapers, like, but like ads, like I don't even know what he's reading, honestly, but like we can sit on the couch in perfect silence. I'll read what I'm reading. He's reading what he's reading. Good companionship. I think one more thing that uh, people don't, and this, this is also gonna, this is gonna bother some people, but I'll just say it. Uh, and this goes back to kind of the looking at relationships, almost like stock picking, which I know is a gross approach for some <laughs> people, but sometimes it's good to find the value investments and like stick with them. And I think what some people do is they don't quite see the power that they have in the market. Um, and, or they don't quite see, let me, let me see. All right. I'll just, I'll put it in more simple terms. I think women who are 25, when you're 25 to 30, you have your highest market value probably in terms of your looks. And so you should execute that on, on that instead of going, oh my God, I can have sex with a lot of really beautiful people. Or I can have all these fun party experiences, which you can do, right? Your leverage is there that you're kind of, you're, you're beautiful and you got all these things going for you and everyone wants to be with you. So you can use that one of two ways. You can use it in the smart way where you can go, all right, well, I'm going to try and lock something like really good down yeah. Or you can go, hey, I'm going to go be with a million people because this is a thrill. And then all of a sudden you're pushing 33, 34, and now you're starting to get nervous about the kid thing and you don't quite have the leverage that you did at 25. So I think sometimes 25-year-old women make that mistake where they're looking at like this flood of options. And so they're just like, you know, it's kind of the short-sighted decision. I think men make the exact same mistake when they are, and by the way, I'm really talking about, it. I don't, I don't date here. I'm more going off of what I hear from other people, but I think some men make the mistake from 35 to 40 
where all of a sudden they're like the best looking they ever were and they actually have money to their name. And on the same note, instead of going like, oh, people are actually interested in me. So I'm going to find one person and make this work. They're like, I'm going to date all these 25 year olds who are interested in, uh, you you see what I'm saying? It's like when people kind of have the most leverage to find something that would be really good for them, that's when they kind of make the, Uh, you know what I mean? They don't make the long-term decision. They make the short-sighted decision of, oh man, look at all this value that I have and all these people that are interested in me. And so, you know, they kind of, I I think sometimes people might miss their opportunity to actually make an investment in something good and stick with it. Like um, people who win the lottery and don't make, uh, you know, smart decisions with that that quick one money. Yeah. Well, and I think like, there is this mentality like, well, if it's not comfortable or I'm not having fun anymore, then I guess that means the relationship is over instead of trying to work on it and figure out why it was going, why it's going downhill. It could be over, but you need to explore it. You know, it could be that you're doing something that's, you know, not working or he's not doing something he's supposed to be, but you need to have a conversation about it. And I just don't think that, that's happening as often as it should be in relationships. I think people are ready to quit, you know, too soon. So that could be part of it too. Cause relationships are hard and it, you know, I've like, I've been married for a while and I have kids. I'm not the same woman that my husband married, you know, like I've gone through a lot of changes since we've been married, since we've had kids and he's not the same man. And there's times when, We've grown apart because we just have different ideas on different things, but we still have to make that decision every day to choose each other. And we might drive each other crazy some days, but, you know, that's just part of it. I mean, you don't just give up on people. No, I think that's true. All right, let's go. One last thing. I'll mansplain to you guys, and then we'll call it an episode. <laughs> All right. Is it your choice or ours? Your choice, you know? Oh. I'm trying to help you guys out here. I get it. You're women. You're confused about what's yeah. going on. We, we need more man ideas. <laughs> i don't know yeah i don't know that actually kind of covered we can call it if i mean if i helped you out with everything you're confused yeah, on I, then uh, I, you're I feel welcome, like you yeah. solved all our problems we should call you more often <laughs> well that's what i'm here for talking about things i know nothing about i haven't dated in five years what the fuck do i hey, know you're observing <laughs> there you go yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta watch and study you just need to find the right sandwich maker yeah exactly that's right yeah no one's come up to me yet and gone listen <laughs> I make some great sandwiches. Robbie, I'm going to make your sandwich. She's there out there. She might be listening. I'm sure. What's your favorite sandwich, by yeah, the way? Yeah, actually, we need to know this. Yeah, we need to know this for our female you know, it, listeners. It's, um, it's, it's changed over the years, which mostly, like you guys were describing, with um, with diet and what else. <laughs> like, uh, but I don't know. I like a good whole wheat bread for sure to start out. But I'm talking like like a good bakery, whole wheat bread. There's like a density, there's a crust quality. We're talking, uh, in terms of, I, dude, I like a good meatball sub. So like, if you're throwing like together a good meatball, like on whole wheat, that's hard. You know what I mean? They're like, there's a lot of really good sandwiches out there and I could list you a list of top 20 of things that are like great combinations. But like, if you can make a really good meatball sandwich on whole wheat, you know, that's it. Let's go compete in some sandwich games. Yeah, better right. than the Hunger Games. All right. Well, um, Robbie, where can our listeners find you? Oh, yeah. If you need more of these insights. <laughs> <laughs> 
Reader's Digest. If you're, li- <laughs> if, if you're looking for more misogyny, <laughs> um, you can follow uh, Run Your Mouth Podcast or a Part of the Problem, uh, where you know you can you can get a full six hours of this a week. More than that, probably ten hours a yeah. week. You Bobby can really listen out. to a lot of me if that's what you want to do. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I definitely appreciate you coming on the show. Um, it was worth it to get on and uh, have some laughs at the expense of females because, you know, they deserve it. Now, you guys are less valuable, so someone should remind you that. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's good to be reminded. Jesse, speaking of reminders, where can people find us? We are most active on Instagram, so if you want to follow us there, um, we're at Vix- or Voluntary Vixen, sorry. We're on um, Facebook with the same, and we're on Twitter at Vixen's Voluntary. And if you guys want to donate to us at all, we also have a Patreon. With um, It's at Vixen's underscore Voluntary. But I understand it's been hard, so don't It's been a rough year. Too. Yeah, yeah. No pressure. Thanks again, Robbie. Jesse, thanks as usual for, you know, getting me out of my shell. And um, listeners, we'll catch you next time. In the meantime, keep it sane, keep it peaceful, and keep it voluntary.